Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so thrilled to be back. This is the Touchy Feely Podcast, a podcast where therapists share with you what they wish that you understood, not just our clients, but everybody, and things that we have learned ourselves as we study therapy and been in therapy. Isn't that right, Tim? That's right, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so thrilled because we also have a wonderful and very therapeutically um, cognizant and I don't even know any other words. That's your job, Tim. All right. So this is where I'll take over. Um, so our, we're very excited to bring our first um, co-therapy, co-therapist guest onto the show. Um, this is my good buddy, uh, Thomas Olson. Thomas. Um, is Say a- hi, Thomas. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good sound of voice you got well, there. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Thomas is a therapist that lives. Uh, it's Mesa, right? Yes, Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona. Um, and so, really quick, um, me and Thomas have been friends for it's been a little bit over a year, and he, um, I'll do a plug for his podcast as well. Um, he does a podcast called the Superhero Movie Cast, um, which is a way cool podcast about. Superhero movies, and um, sometimes you talk about like Star Wars and other kind of uh, fan nerd culture stuff. Yeah, a lot of nerdy um, stuff. Lots of really good nerdy stuff. And what I love about it is, um, you like we'll talk about these things and then and then frame it like in inspiring kind of themes and focus on like what are some good like lessons from these? What can we apply to our lives? Um, which is way cool. And so. I became a fan of your podcast, and then I reached out to you, and we just kind of started chatting, and turned out that at that time you were uh, in grad school to become a therapist. So um, since then, we bonded over uh, superhero movies, comic books, Star Wars, um, therapy stuff, and um, getting broken up with our by our girlfriends in high school and listening to Yellow Card. Anyways, yeah, so Thomas, why don't you just take a minute and just talk a little bit about um, whatever yourself with what you want and um, just about kind of where you work and what specifically you do. Sure, yeah. Well, thanks for that introduction. Um, And yeah, I think once you've been broken up and you can bond over Yellow Card, you're friends for life, so. uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, like Tim said, I do my podcast, which is just a big self-care thing for me. Something I love to do. It's just a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I work in Mesa, Arizona. Um, and like Tim said, I graduated last year from my, with my master's in professional counseling. So working, um, now as a counselor at a place called Family Strategies here in Mesa, Arizona. And I'm currently also working on my CSAT, which stands for Certified sex addiction therapist. So I work with a lot of individuals struggling with sex addiction um, or even, you know, not necessarily that they're sex addicts, but sexual compulsions as well, which sometimes, you know, work with, with teenagers as well. So, um, but yeah, outside of that though, I do work with depression, anxiety, um, and then I do a lot of couples work as well. So I am, I'm loving it. It's been a fun journey and super excited to, uh, be here with you guys today. I love you guys' podcast. It's been a lot of fun so far. So I am excited to and honored also to be your first guest. Well, there you go. Yeah, and I just want to say, um, so my when I was in grad school, my um, practicum slash first job was at a uh, sex addiction uh, private practice where everyone there were CSATs. And seriously, like CSATs, that experience, like, CSATs are some of the best therapists. Um, and I, I mean, the training is just really specific. Um, but man, like, every time I get to watch a CSAT work, 
it's just like an awesome experience. And I always come away really impressed. Yeah, we're pretty great. I'm so. excited. I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm excited for you to, to join. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm I'm so I'm in my candidate. I'm in my training still for it, but yeah, it's it's amazing. The training that they have for it is very extensive, and it's it's so amazing. Just the treat the, the I don't know. I guess the um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word. Like the bounds they've made in um, helping individuals that struggle with sex addiction and not only individuals that struggle with it, but their, their family members as well. So like the spouses and the children and the friends of those that are struggling with the addiction. It's really awesome how much there is now for people that have those, those struggles. So it's, it's a big passion of mine. I love being able to help in that area. You know, um, and, and jumping off of, of that with addiction, um, I think one of one of the I guess things that pretty much all addiction or compulsive behaviors have in common is what you do with shame. And that's kind of what we wanted to kind of talk about today. Um there's there's also I think there's some male versus female kind of cultural differences with with shame and then with self-compassion. Um, so I'm going to be the uh, token female, woo, which in our profession is like, you know, saying something, right, when I'm the token female. Um, I am so happy to have you as the token female for this, <laughs> this experience. But kind of the attitude that I see a lot as I counsel and then do therapy with women and, and uh, girls, adolescents, and couples is this idea that if I just hate myself more, then I'll be able to push myself further to be able to like become who I want to be. And it's this idea that while it motivates for sure, it doesn't work long term. And so these women, I mean, and I think these men to a certain degree too. I mean, I haven't been male ever, so I wouldn't know, but um, this idea that, self-loathing and constantly focusing on the shame and the guilt that you feel about things that you've done that go against your values and your ethics will somehow drive you to become the person you want to be. And it's totally a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Um, so really, can I just back up like a little Please, bit? Please, okay. go for it, go for it. All right. Um, so the, so like we uh, told people or Sasha or listeners in the first episode, all of these um, episodes comes from like that thing you wrote about yeah. what I want clients to understand. Um, and we've been calling this the self-compassion episode, um, but actually the, the specific thing you wrote, which I think is really important. Um, it's the colon. It's the, if you wouldn't say it to others, don't say it to yourself. Yeah. And so that's, so that's what we the golden rule that applies to not just everyone else around you, but you as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and but I really like what you said about, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a female versus mm-hmm. male dynamic in our society is like the harder you push yourself, um, the harder you are in yourself. More, the more that you hate, and are hard on that imperfection, the more perfect it'll become somehow. Yeah. The the more successful that you are. Yeah. The more successful that you'll be. Thomas, for you, like what like what's kind of been like your experience with that in your life, whether it's personally or with uh with working with clients? Uh yeah, so personally I mean I think that was kind of my mindset for a while is just like uh especially if I made a mistake, it was time to like beat myself up, you know, like, ah, make myself feel worse. So that next time I, I'll, I'll do better, you know? Um, maybe and, it'll stick. Right. If I just yeah. hate on myself more. <laughs> right. And one of the best examples I ever had. So my senior year of high school, I ran, I ran track. Um, I ran track older in high school, but my senior year, um, I was, I was, I was running the hurdles and I was running in the state track meet. And so, there was only eight of us left in this final race in the whole state. And I was super 
excited because I've been working for this for four years to get to this meet and had a really good season and I was just really excited, also really nervous. And I ended up, you know, the race started about five hurdles in, I ended up tripping and finished dead last, of course, as you do when you fall and uh, being incredibly just so angry with myself because I, I had never tripped before in, in my four years of running track. I'd never had that happen. And so I was just, it was, it was the last race of my life basically. And I tripped and I remember just going into this like self-loathing place. I didn't want to talk to anyone. didn't want to see anyone and literally just telling myself all these terrible things like, and totally discrediting the amazing season I had already had and all these other great things I've done. And, and it really took my dad to kind of, just come to me and basically kind of remind me of that and to be able to move past that a bit. And so that was a big life-changing moment for me where I was able to kind of start seeing like how um, deadly it can be to just punish yourself so much for your mistakes. You know, even something is that I, I mean, it was a big deal to me, but it's also at the end of the day, you know, my life still moves on and I still did a really awesome job the rest of the season. So that was really big for me to kind of start to see that shift. I love that. I love that example. And, and I especially like what you said about like me, like when I tripped, I started to discredit like all my hard work and all the success that you'd had. So all or nothing you got. That, that yeah. season. And then probably even like discrediting like, you know, your career in high school. I yeah, no, totally. And, you know, it's the week before I had PR'd, which means personal record. So, and I had set like a school record. And so that was huge. And I just, in that moment, I'm just like, no, that doesn't matter anymore because I didn't get this part right, you know. Um, and just to kind of apply it to my clients is, you know, I work in, with a lot of clients struggling with sex addiction. And so you see as they're working on developing sobriety, um, you have what we, we would call it a slip. So basically maybe it's they've acted out in some form sexually, whether it's looking at porn or, you know, going to a strip club, whatever it might be. And then that time they slip, it kind of can derail them if they don't have enough self-compassion for themselves to be able to kind of rebound. And it can be really, you know, it can create really um, kind of stop the progression of their recovery if you're not able to have enough self-compassion to be able to recognize that you're going to make mistakes and you won't be perfect all the time. That's, that's definitely like, um, a, a huge thing I've found with working with clients. Um, especially like if you, if I, let's say I've worked with someone for like, for like six months to mm. a year. Um, it's so like one thing I've realized is so helpful and effective is like, if they come in, if they had like a slip or let's say that there's a behavior that they're trying to stop that they did like cutting or something like that. And, and kind of like what you're talking about, people will tend to be really hard on themselves when that happens, when they do a behavior they don't like. But then to, then to say, Hey, like that happened, but let's look at like, where were you at when you first started your treatment and you first started your, your personal work? And like, what's the difference between now and then and uh i i specifically remember uh working with a with a client who she um they had had some some um um it, she lost some sobriety due to some drug use i think she'd been sober for like a year or something and then like the whole the whole time she was just like sitting out this point she wasn't herself and stuff like that and then and i kind of without even thinking was like, yeah, but like, you know, how did you react in the situation? How did you handle it? Well, she came to therapy. She took responsibility. Um, she, you know, started taking steps to, to like not spend time with friends and like, and me bringing that up, like her, her whole countenance just like changed. And she was like, wow, you're right. Like I've come so far. And, uh, I, I felt a little bit like, not like them, but I felt a little bit like, man, I really wish I, uh, rather that <laughs> But, uh, but also I'm having self-compassion to myself and you know, like it worked out great, but yeah, like, but what a cool experience it is to, to 
let clients like see where they were at before versus where they are now. Even if they're not exactly where they want to be, like it's still a powerful thing. And you know, there's always going to be the people who listen to this podcast and they think, man, we should just go hug ourselves every day. And that means we just never get better because we're not shaming or guilting ourselves or listening to any other bad. So like becoming better. No, 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 my friends. It's not what we're saying, right? We talk a lot about um, balance, right? And the two extremes that we find a lot are kind of that narcissism that, oh, it's not my fault. I really didn't do that. No, it's not bad at all. I don't need to change. I'm good. And then the other extreme, which is, it's all my fault. I'm a terrible person. I'm never going to get better. Um because I'm just flawed at the core, expecting that that's going to somehow get resolved. And I feel like what we're really talking about are those clients that take too much responsibility, frankly, to the point where it drowns them compared to helps propel them to the direction that they want to be in. And, right? I, and, and I think that's a, like, that's a good question. Like, um, how can people... Like, how can people find that balance of having self-compassion and being, you know, quote-unquote, easier on themselves and accountable, though, versus too. still taking responsibility yeah. for, for one minute? What do you guys think? Well, and I'm assuming, Thomas, but I'm sure there are plenty of clients that you see that maybe are a little ignorant or not, not taking, you yeah. know, enough. Uh, responsibility as well. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, so what's the balance then? Yeah, that that, that is that really is a, a hard question to answer, and I struggled with that for a while. And I'm sure you guys are um, familiar with Brene Brown, oh, huge yeah. researcher so of shame and vulnerability, and and uh, she was on a podcast once, the Tim Ferriss podcast, which I'm not sure if you guys know who he is, but he's a very like. Huh? He's, got a great name. <laughs> he's, he's got a good name. Yeah, he's a, but he's a very successful individual that's done like he sells a lot of business books, a lot of like health and fitness type products, and uh, so very much a go getter. And he kind of asked her like so because she was talking about the importance of having self empathy, which is you know a similar concept to self compassion. Um, and and he said like, well, doesn't that sometimes defeat the purpose of like striving for excellence, you know, ah. and that's, that was something that I grew up a lot is like striving for excellence. That was a phrase I heard a lot in my house, in church and at school, different places. And so is, is having self-compassion, does that mean you're, you can't still strive for excellence? And basically Brene Brown just says like, you know, I never said that you couldn't strive for excellence. I didn't never said you couldn't have that drive to go out and do, but you know, and, she basically just said that it's important to just have perspective along the way, because if you, when we, when, when we fail, we are, we will fail at some point in something we're doing or pursuing. If we beat ourselves up too much, it's, you know, it's harder to move past that. And, and in the end, we're not really doing that thing out of, you know, or we, we lose focus of why we started pursuing something to begin with. So like, I guess I'll just use my example again of like track. Like I was doing that. Obviously I wanted to win and compete and all that things, but I was also doing it because it was, it was exhilarating for me to be able to go out and push myself as hard as I could. And I'm not going to always do well, but that doesn't mean that I can't have compassion in my, you know, when I fail at times, if that, if that makes sense at all, I don't know if I'm that. Yeah. I think it's kind of that acceptance, almost that radical acceptance. Man, there we go. Radical acceptance again, guys. So important. Um, of expecting that failure is a part of the journey and that it's not weakness, but instead like the process, you know, um, that that is literally the only process to being able to find that excellence. And then, holding yourself accountable to learn from that failure or that mistakes or whatever we want to call it, right? To learn from it. And then once we've learned the information, 
completely leaving it behind mm-hmm. so we can just go forward. What one thing I've always I've always likened uh, self compassion to is understanding like why you know why did that happen or why did I do those things, um, and so a lot of it goes back to um, our episode one um, where we talked about everyone's doing the best that they know how. And in that episode, we talked a lot about like how our experiences shape us and shape kind of how we view um, ourselves or the world and people. Um, and so, um, I, I mean, I, I, I think I used this example, but I'll use it again. Like, if you have a, if you have a, um, mom who was like, had issues with, with substance use and they weren't really around, um, when their kids were, you know, were being raised and that kind of thing. Um, and then now, like when they're, when she's trying to change her life. And she thinks like, man, like what a, you know, what a crappy mom I was. Um, I think, I think that self-compassion partly is saying, okay, like, let's look at your life and let's figure out like, you know, why all that stuff happened. And the, it's not just that you're, you know, you're not a bad person, you're not broken, you're not a failure. It's, you were raised around drugs. So that's kind of what you went to and that was how you dealt with things. And then, um, you know, you had kids and it, it didn't work out exactly as you would have liked, but in, the, in those moments you did the best you could. And then now, you know, being in therapy, you're trying even more to kind of change those behaviors and break those cycles and that kind of thing. So, so, so that's a big thing for me is, 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 you know, why did, why did I do this? Why did this happen? And I think it's, I, I think that's always like a fair question to ask yourself to, to kind of have some more like understanding about your life or your situations or why you do what you do. And just, just to kind of like piggyback off of that too, I think it's really important to understand the information that guilt or that feelings of, man, I should have done this or I really need to become different than where I was at before. That feeling of guilt, I guess, is the emotion that we kind of contribute that to. What the information that that emotion is telling us is just telling us that change needs to occur to kind of fit with our morals, our ethics, what we think is best, what's right, what's good. Um, and the problem with shame is constantly reliving and getting stuck, constantly going over and over and over again, that guilt, to the point where I am incapable of changing. I'm incapable of becoming congruent with what I believe and what I want. And then no change occurs. Nothing actually happens. What we want doesn't work. And I think that's the biggest uh, weakness or tragedy, I guess, of wallowing in that guilt, not moving on once we've learned the lesson of, I need to change, I need to do something different than what I've done before, or I wish I would have dot, 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 whatever that is, um, is it just paralyzes us instead of propels us. Well, and one, one of the best ways I've heard the differences of shame and guilt explained is yeah. shame is... Like, so basically, like, you know, when, or sorry, guilt is I made a mistake. Shame is I am the mistake. And so yeah. just like you said, when we start to self-talk or tell ourselves we are the mistake, we will, we'll get stuck in this cycle. And eventually, whether it's, um, we're, we, 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 we can potentially burn out or we just totally disengage, um, and ignore any positive guilt that would come to our way to actually make impactful changes that are going to be healthy for us. Yeah. Thomas, what, like, what would you say is, is an example of positive guilt? Um, so I, I mean, there's, there's a lot, but I mean, I guess just like if someone was to, uh, I don't know, like if you were at the grocery store uh, as a little kid and you stole a candy bar and you know, you're not supposed to steal. And so you feel bad about it. And so you go to your parents and tell them, Hey, I stole this candy bar. 
I know I shouldn't have done it. And then you, you know, you work on making the, the, what you need to do to, to rectify that situation, you know, you know, pay for it, whatever you have to do. But it's like, shame would be, Oh, I, I stole this candy bar. So I'm such a terrible person. I can't tell my parents, I can't do this. And then, so then you potentially are setting yourself up to fall into a cycle of lying. If, if someone asks you about it, then you are going to potentially start lying because you feel bad that you stole it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, there's a lot of examples. That's kind of a really basic one, but. Yeah. And, and like that, with that example, like that shame would be if I tell my parents, then they'll like hate me or, you know, they won't love me anymore or something like that. Because I'm inherently bad now. And, and, you know, hopefully that's not the case for most people, but unfortunately you never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's a really good explanation and it's, I think it's helpful for, people to have the understanding of the differences between between those two. Well, I think it's and, it's Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, and I was just going to say and when we go into the shame, I can automatically start to see, you know, that deceit, that trying to cover it up because I can't let anybody know that I'm this terrible person because I've done this, right? Those are what I feel like all of the makings for future addictive behavior, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a, you know, we call it the shame cycle that you get stuck into. Uh, another really sorry, I'm I'm quoting Brene Brown again, but she in her new book Braving the Wilderness. Have you guys read that, either of you? Snippet. No. I've read the snippet. <laughs> okay. I need to. Uh, read I really, I really like her at TED Talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her TED Talks are awesome. Well, um, I just read it. It was probably later last, earlier in this last summer, but um, she talks about there's three ways that individuals typically deal with pain. And really, that's kind of where this all comes from is we're experiencing some pain of some sort. And so we either um, kind of, you know, we try to numb out the pain is one of the ways. So which we can use the substances or food or pornography, whatever, whatever your choice is, you can numb away those try to numb away that pain away or you sit in the pain and you kind of almost embrace it as like i i deserve this pain because i made a mistake and you kind of self-loathe you get stuck in this kind of just almost like pit of negativity and 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 you you're beating yourself up or the third option she says is you develop self-empathy for yourself or self-compassion and and you recognize like tim you were saying or like you recognize that it's you know, this is something that happened to me in my life. This is, but this does not define who I am. I am not the mistake. I made a mistake and trying to, you know, bring that awareness to, to yourself so you can start to move past it and deal with it in a healthy, constructive way rather than either numbing or allowing yourself to just sit in like that self-hatred. So I love that explanation. Yeah. To me, it, it was just really eye-opening of how, you know, there's really only three ways in which we can handle the pain and we need to, that third option obviously is the most healthy to, to try to make a shift towards that. Okay. I love that. Um, I mean, in, this episode is like, I was, I've just been really, really pumped for this episode um, because self-compassion and self-love, like I really believe is like at the, at the total like foundation of um of like having successful like mental health treatment and improving your life um if if you if you can have compassion for yourself and if you love yourself then you can you know then you can get in that mindset of hey like i deserve a good life therefore you know i will make good decisions i will stay off drugs i will stay away from pornography um i will you know develop better habits in my life I will develop better relationships. And I know, like, um, oh, man, just, like, for me, it, I, I think that we, like, all of us can, can really identify, and Thomas and, and Jesse talked about it as well, of, like, oh, if I'm hard on myself, um, the more successful I'll be, the happier, you know, the better life I'll have. And, and definitely me, like, also in various aspects of my life, really just being, like, Oh Tim, like why do you suck so bad? Like you, you gotta do better. You gotta do better. 
And then I lean to him and I say, don't talk to my husband like that. <laughs> well, it's, right? it's so funny because like I, my wife and I, we try to catch each other on stuff like that as well. Like uh, earlier last summer, we were actually in Utah, right? It was right after I met you guys for the first time in person. Um, and uh, we were driving somewhere and I put the wrong thing in the GPS or whatever. And we went like the wrong direction for like 20 minutes. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so stupid. And I was like, no, I'm not stupid. I just did something stupid and I wasn't paying attention, but I'm not stupid. And so like just the little things too, yeah. we try to correct ourselves, you know, and it's, I feel like it's really made a big difference in the way that we view each other and just helps increase our marriage as well. So it's, it's such a small thing, but it really makes big, a big impact. That's such a perfect example for how we can kind of get ourselves out of that shame trap and into that learning and growth trap, or not trap, learning and growth route, <laughs> there we go, <laughs> um, that, you know, again, just leads to further growth and goodness and wholeness and all of that good stuff. I And I, like, I, I, I feel like it can be, like, this, like, you know, like, when you make a snowman, you start out, well, I don't promise you, you may have never seen snow before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's snow? I don't even know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> what, is, what is this? But yeah, I mean, when you make a snowman, you, you kind of make this like little snowball, and then you try and you roll around the snow, makes it bigger and bigger and bigger. And I and I really think that like um, self compassion and self love is like that little snowball hmm. where you like if I start to um, love myself and treat myself good, like that will that will kind of grow in my life where I will start treating other people better. Yeah. Um, you know, like that will open up some really good experiences, whether it's relationships. We'll what, find ourselves being less insecure. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I mean, we'll find ourselves believing we deserve love. Yeah. Which can only help our relationships. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, like, oh, like, I don't think I should be talked to in certain ways, so I'm not going to talk to my wife or my mm-hmm. partner in, in those ways as well. And it, yeah, it just becomes like this really awesome, like positive force that just like grows and grows and grows. And yeah, like it's like for me, when I look at my life and look at like, I I mean, I I will use the word performance, like how I performed in certain ways, like before I really embraced the self-compassion and then versus like how I perform in certain areas of my life now. and, And it's such a big difference because I can make mistakes, like I can type in the wrong address in the GPS, and when I realize that, I can let that go really, really easy and say, okay, like, like it happens, like, you know, I'm not stupid, I'm not an idiot, like, everyone does stuff like that all the time, and that's okay. Um, and also, I'm going to try to not do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you want to save on gas, but, but yeah, like, it's, um, it's just made such a huge difference with my life and, and my relationships and work and, and all these different things. Um, yeah. so, can I jump in here one more time? You can jump in like a couple more times. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, we, we haven't often kind of shared belief systems in here, but this topic touches so at the core of my belief system and when I get clients who share that belief system, my favorite way of kind of um, illustrating this principle, that balance, that self-compassion mixed with accountability, um, for, for those that kind of follow that same Christian belief system, is that this is just the balance between justice and mercy in equal amounts. And the problem is when I'm 100% justice, I have to pay for everything that I've done, and that's impossible. So I'm stuck forever. And when I'm 100% mercy, which, you know, means it doesn't matter what I do, I don't need to become better, I don't need to learn either, I end up hurting myself also. So either extreme isn't going to help me, isn't going to actually help my spirituality within my belief system, um, isn't going to help my relationships. But as I balance both of those as equally true, equally important, and equally powerful in my life, 
I've personally found that, that it has strengthened my spirituality with my higher power and my belief system and, and with those clients that I help work that out. And I'd say nine times out of ten with clients, they almost always lean way too far in the justice category than the mercy. Now, I mean, I do have a couple that probably need to, uh, you know, the one out of ten, right, need to lean a little more towards the uh, holding themselves accountable. But um, I've found that to be true in, in at least my experience and in my own life. Yeah. I think that's a really great thought. Were you going to say something before Thomas? He was. Uh, no, yeah, it's all good. That was that was great. I mean, I think that's a very, very beautiful way to explain it. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say was um, I had a client. So I was working as an intern pretty much all last year. And that's I'm sure you guys remember, like, it's that's a difficult time as a therapist because you're you're kind of learning on the job and you're trying to apply what you've learned and feel like you might be screwing people's lives up. But I had this client that I was working with and, um, it, uh, you know, he was struggling with anxiety and depression. And, but one of the core things was he just could not connect with people. Like it was a really hard thing for him to find good friends and people that he, um, and he, struggled with letting people in and it's all you know the stuff like that and so we were working on all sorts of different stuff to help him to you know build his self-esteem so he could talk to more people and whatever you know all these different things and it just wasn't working nothing was happening and so i i you know i remember staffing this with someone and they basically said like have you done any self-compassion work with this per- individual and and i didn't even really not that I I knew it was important. I just hadn't thought this is what he needed. And so we kind of went into that and it kind of came down to it that he just had very negative views on himself. Like he leaned towards that justice side, like you were explaining. And uh, we kind of made that a big focus. And it was then that we started to see some shifts and helped him get out of that funk a little bit and, and build some really stronger relationships. And so it's – so the point of that story, I guess, is just that sometimes – in order for us to even build stronger connections with others is we have to first love and appreciate ourselves before we can really have a true meaningful relationship with another person. Um, and that's, I think a big thing that is hard to do, but once you can get to that spot, it, it can make a huge difference. Yeah, that, no, that's a really great story and illustration. Amen. Um, Amen. Amen. So, um, Thomas, you brought this up right before we started recording, and I and this I want to get into this. This was a really good point um, because I think that we all have clients who like we can talk to them about self compassion, and and they're you know they're like yeah like I understand that this is important in my brain and like mm. I can say this would work. However, it's really hard for them to like apply and really like believe in their hearts. Hey, like I am a person of worth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to treat myself how I actually treat other people. Yes, <laughs> oh exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So let's let's kind of open up that that part of the conversation. What, like, how can people apply this and, and make this work effectively in their lives? So yeah, this is I'm for me. I'm really big on practicality. Like, how do we take this concept and make it actionable for people? And so. I struggled with self-compassion for a while, though, to figure out how to help clients get to a spot where they could be doing something. Um, and so there's a lot, though. I And I've over the years, I've kind of pinpointed different things. So uh, I actually have a whole list I wrote out. We don't have to get through all of them. But the first one I just want to mention is practicing mindfulness or meditation um, is, right to me, I think probably the first one of the first things a person could do is – and. I know a lot of times meditation, it can seem hokey or weird or awkward or uncomfortable when you first do it, but there's, it's, it's really important as far as helping us manage our emotions and learning to feel our emotions and to experience them and not let them become reactionary. But more specifically to self-compassion, there are guided self-compassion meditations that pe- individuals can do um, that I always recommend to clients and I will do with clients in session and I do them in my groups. Uh, I, I run a few um, groups for individuals with a, that struggle with sex addiction, and we do these these self-compassion exercises there. And 
uh, Kristen Kristen Neff. Have you are you guys familiar with her at all? She's like a big self-compassion guru. Um, she actually heard the website selfcompassion.org is like she uh, runs that website, but she has a lot of she has a lot of um, guided meditations that people can go to her website and do that are really powerful um, and really kind of help you just to tap into that a little bit and and to learn how to like really care for yourself. And I love like the the subtitle of this episode you guys are doing if if you wouldn't say to others don't say it to yourself and that's really one of the things that these guided meditations can help individuals speak more kindly to to themselves so that's that's the first thing Uh, that i'd recommend is some doing some meditation amen i am a huge meditation and mindfulness advocate because it's really the only way that we can check ourselves at the core again to not react but just reflect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I can, I can definitely relate. I remember when I was first learning about mindfulness, I was like, what the heck? Like, this is weird. Like, I, um, like, I don't think this would work, but it wasn't that it wasn't like working for me, but the problem was I just like was not super in touch with myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. So it's so funny. So I don't know if this is, I'm going to reveal something very embarrassing about myself, but Hey, self-compassion, I don't care. So, um, yeah, awesome. my my wife and I watched the Bachelor Bachelorette TV shows, and they're very much, so huh? I think that's so great. You're I really being, do. You're being validated. You're oh, on validation. <laughs> they are, but they're just very, you know, drama filled and just, you know, kind of trash TV, honestly. But they're really entertaining. Anyways, the, on the season with the Bachelorette last year, and I don't remember who it was, but. There was this guy that basically came to the bachelorette and was like, I just want you to know I'm falling in love with you. And it's like week four, so it's like really premature. And she's like, really? We haven't spent a whole lot of time together. And he's like, well, I can, I already know. And then she kind of was like, well, I'm not quite there yet. So, And then he kind of backpedaled and was like, well, actually, no, I don't really even like you that much. you know." And so she ended up sending him home like right there on the spot. She's like, yeah, you're out of here. And what I found really insightful, she said afterwards, she was like, because there was a lot of other drama going on with these guys. And she was like, I'm just sick of people not knowing what their emotions are, what they feel. And I think that gets us into trouble a lot when we aren't able to really tap into what we're feeling. It can cause problems and drama with other people. And so it is it's really important, I think, to be able to tap into that and see what you're feeling at any given moment. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think we're all big advocates for mindfulness, but, but again, like being connected with what's going on with you and knowing why is so helpful. It's the only way you can change it too. I mean, it's the only way. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So, so mindfulness and yeah, you got me excited to check out these self-compassion meditations. Um, I definitely. Yeah, they're awesome. Selfcompassion.org. So it's, they're really cool. Um, another, another tool or thing I think someone can do is, um, practicing forgiveness. And so what I mean by that is there's not just forgiving other people in their life, but I think one of the most important is, is working on forgiving yourself and figuring out how does that work for you? So like just an example I had of, um, when I went on a, a mission for my church and I remember, you know, beforehand it's, you're, it's stressed that like you try to like work through any previous things that may have been distracting for you as a missionary. And I felt like there was something that I did before that I felt a lot of shame around that I was like, Oh, I shouldn't be out here right now. Cause I don't feel like I really dealt with this the way it should have been. And so I went to our, like our leader, uh, our mission president who kind of r- ran our, oversaw the missionary work and the place I was at and talked to him about it. And he was like, well, it sounds like you went through the proper steps. He's like, it just sounds like you haven't forgiven yourself. And that was just like mind blowing to me. And so I remember like really focusing on like trying to forgive myself for it and how it just, it really melted that shame away from me. And I was able to kind of focus and not worry, be worrying about this thing that I did three years ago or whatever that really didn't have any impact on what was happening in my present life. So that is another one that I suggest to people is working on looking at areas of your life and seeing what things can you work on adding some forgiveness to. Yeah. 
I love that so much. And I want to give like a shout out to all of the women who are listening to this and the way that they need to know to move on <laughs> and to forgive themselves and let it go is have you learned from it? Great. Then let it go. Yeah. <laughs> if you've realized that you did something, you didn't like it and you shouldn't do it again, like with your Kenya bar example, like then that's, that's all there is. And, and what's like, what's great about that is is like hey it is literally impossible to go through life without making mistakes and that's just gonna happen so like when it happens just move on like it's all good learn from it move on if you you know and and also too a lot of times we're trying to stop specific behaviors and it may take a while for us to to not do those things again um whether it be pornography, drinking, um, whatever. Self-harm. Self-harm. Self-critical talk, right? That, that's gonna, that's gonna take, uh, you know, a period of time. So when you, when you lapse or fall back into those things, like, just saying, okay, that happened, I'm gonna move forward and, and just go from here and... What, what am I gonna do next time? Yeah. Learn from this. New what, yeah, I like like what what am I gonna do differently next time? Yeah. Um one um two big things for me with the, trying to apply self compassion. Um it's been brought up a couple of times but but that like realizing you should not talk to yourself the way you talk to um other people. And also too, just like reversing um a lot of different situations. So an example is is I'm working with this client right now, and they're this they're this really awesome, um, just awesome person, like just really big heart, really compassionate. And they did some they did some self destructive behavior that got them into the hospital, and and they're they're they've been feeling a lot of shame about that. Um, and like oh like I'm I'm a burden on people, and and people just have to worry about me all the time. I would have, could have, should have. And I was like, hey, like, if a friend of yours did that same thing, what would your reaction be? Mm-hmm. And they were like, I would just go, I would just visit them in the hospital and not even ask questions. Like, I wouldn't even care. I would just be there. And, and, and it's like, yeah, like, like, turn these situations around and see that, like, like, you absolutely deserve to be treated the same as, as you treat other people. Um, so that's that's big for me, and and I know we want to wrap up, but another really quick thing too is learning to um, identify good things that you do. If you can if you can do that, that's not arrogant, that's not prideful, not selfish either. It's not self. Yeah, just like if you can do that, you will find that you do a lot more positive and good things um, usually than like negative. And you'll keep doing more positive things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I love that, and I I kind of to add to that another one I had was just practicing gratitude, um, yeah. which there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, you can write, you can you can speak it, you can share it with other people, but finding a way that works for you and and expressing what you're grateful for about yourself, um, the experiences you've had, um, that is to me one of the most powerful. Uh, things you can do as well. Yeah. They did a study where writing five things that you're grateful for a day had a similar effect on people's mental health and mood as a low-dose antidepressant. More than any other thing you can do. Pretty crazy. That's that was awesome. so cool, yeah. So, um, is there any, sweetheart, is there anything else that you want to add into this part of the conversation before we close that off? Man, you know, if you wouldn't say it to your best friend going through a rough time, then you need to rephrase it for yourself. Oh my goodness, right? People yeah. just shit on themselves all the time, and man, it's just not okay. I like that. Like treat, like treat yourself like you're your own best friend. Be your own best friend. And um, you'll actually find that you uh, will progress much quicker than hating on yourself. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thomas is, is with this part, um, or just kind of about self-compassion. Is there, is there any like last thing that you want to say that you feel like is important? Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot, but, um, 
I think we've covered a lot of good stuff, and I think hopefully this gives people things to think about and consider. Um, I guess just the last thing is just is if this is something that to anyone listening that they feel would be helpful or beneficial or or if they're still even doubting potentially, is just try it out. I mean, try out all, any of these things we've suggested. Um, even do your own research on it. I actually read a whole research uh, paper this week by Christian Neff, who who I mentioned before. Um, and there's just a, there's a lot of research around it. I know we didn't get into the research, um, but I would yeah, I would just say look up some of those some of the stats behind it and and some of just the really positive things that can come to your life because of it. Um, so yeah, I mean I'll just I guess I'll just end it there. I mean there's a lot more I'm sure we could say, but just the you know, do what you can to try to find ways to experiment with it. Awesome. Amen. No, that's, yeah, no, yeah, check, check this stuff out and look into it and spend some time doing some of your research. Try it, see what happens. Yeah. So, um, and so just to, uh, start to close this episode, um, I want to, I want us to go into the, uh, self-care portion. <laughs> and, uh, Thomas, in this past week, what have you been doing for yourself um, that's been some good self-care? So first off, I think this is really awesome you guys do this. And it's uh, – I noticed you did it on the first episode, and I was like, okay, I hope they keep this up. And then I think one of you had to remind the other person about it on the second. Oh, yes. And I was like, yes, they're going to do it. Sweet. So I anyway, I think it's really cool. So this, this past week um, – so my podcast, like I mentioned, I do um, – that is a huge self-care um, thing that I do. So I did an episode last Saturday, um, and it was a blast. And then uh, I have a fun time editing it as well. That's something that's become a big hobby and passion for me is is uh, podcasting about things that, that I really like and then editing them. And, and so that was big. Um, I have uh, went to the gym the last few days in the morning and uh, kind of switching up my workout. And so that's been really helpful for me. And I, I've really enjoyed being able to kind of try something new. Um, but I think one of the big things was I had a pretty interesting day with some clients earlier this week and it was just kind of, I came home feeling a bit overwhelmed and, and, you know, just not just because I had felt really bad for what these people were going through and just wanted to be able to figure out how to best help them. And, and I had a plan. I planned to wake up super early, but I decided to sleep in a little bit that next day. And that was I gave myself permission to sleep in, which meant I missed, oh, yeah. missed out on my workout that day and a few other things. But it was really what my body needed. And so, um, yeah. So those are some of my self compassion things this week. I want to highlight what you said. That was really what my body needed. Yeah. Amen. That's self care right there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> What about you? What have you been doing for self-care? So, um, Tim knows I've kind of become kind of a fish fanatic. Um, but recently I've been starting up a new fish tank. And you may think that's just adding pebbles at the bottom, putting in water, putting in a filter, and dumping fish in. But, um, my, my fish tanks are actually quite complex. And, um, so I've been, boiling driftwood and doing all of this prep work for it and planting seeds and fertilizer and the, the, I guess, gravel of the fish tank. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. It's essentially starting a whole new civilization. It really (laughs) is starting a new ecosystem. Um, And then I've been doing lots of research on it. And I love it because it has literally zero to do with my profession, Um, my career, my husband, my family, nothing. Um, But it's really been fun to uh, discover kind of a completely new area of my myself and get my hands dirty and get it growing things and that's been really exciting um, as well as I finished a couple audio books and I went to the gym and we got panic breasts tonight so I'd say all of those nice. were really what I needed yeah did you get orange all, chicken yeah. yes yeah man in my opinion yes. if you don't get the orange chicken you I, I agree. Something wrong with you, right? There's there's other good yeah. stuff, but in nothing as good as the orange chicken. The, the fortune cookie. Darn it! Oh, it's right here. So right here. Tim opened up his fortune cookie tonight, and it actually happened to say some really great self compassion 
Yeah. Well, so the fortune from Panda Express tonight is uh, silence the critics within. I love that. Beautiful, yeah. And that, that really, uh, yeah, that encapsulates. Panda Express knew. Stuff. They knew. <laughs> yes, they did. They always, you know, they always do. It, it, um, it kind of so, reminds me of on, on Ant-Man when he's like, Baskin-Robbins always finds out. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was, like, just thinking, like, man, we haven't made any superhero references yet. Like, no pop culture. What are we doing here? Um, so, um, self-care for me. Um, so, me and Jessica got into this way sweet podcast called Limetown. Epic. And this is a, you know, most podcasts are like this where they, you know, people talking about specific subjects. This is a, like, a narrative uh, story podcast where there's, like, different, um, like, voice actors, there's music, there's sound effects, um, there's, like, a script. It's trippy. And so there's, like, different episodes, there's, there's different seasons, like, in a TV show. And, uh, what it's about is it's about, um, there's this, like, government facility where, like, scientists and their families, um, Lived. Lived. Well, lived. Lived. Ooh. And then, um, at, at some point, overnight, they all disappear without a trace. And there's no like, fingerprints, there's like, it's like everyone just up and disappeared. And, um, this. No bodies. Nothing. The, the protagonist is a, is a investigative reporter who really starts looking into this. And she finds some of these people and starts interviewing them. And as you can probably guess with, with stuff like this, um, Things start to spin out of control, and and uh, people start to go after her. It definitely got us out of our world, though. It's, you know? Yeah, it's it's really fun. fun. It's really addictive. Um, you listened to the whole thing, whole thing so far. Yeah, I binged pretty much. I've just done season one, <laughs> but seriously, like, if you if you're a person that likes X Files or Stranger Things or Lost or um, anything else that you would, yeah you would you would maybe feel like it's similar to. You. Like, like stuff where it's like things like there's a lot of these weird riddles and questions and things. Start it's to almost get. like the born identity mixed with I don't know some sort of sci-fi almost, but not mixed with Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Mixed with the X Files. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty so awesome. Awful stuff. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's been really fun. And then, honestly, like, I was doing this thing a couple, for a couple weeks where I was counting my calories that I ingested throughout the day. Uh, and that actually took a lot out of me, so I stopped doing that, and I felt like that was self-care. <laughs> I'm still, still pretty careful about what I eat, but it, yeah, I feel like it was, um, it has been good for me to not focus uh, on it as much. I'm, I was doing that too for a while, and I, I've done it on and off many times in my life, and I I hate it. I hate counting calories. It's just it's so exhausting for me. So yeah, it's a it's a pain. I know it works for some people. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying for me, like personally, it's been it's not my favorite yeah. thing. But totally, totally. So sweet. Well, that I mean that wraps up. This was a really awesome. Hey Tim, episode. can I can I add one more self care thing? Sorry. Yes, please. So, yeah. Okay, so this has been. So Tim and I and another friend of ours, Jeffrey, we, I don't know, over the last few weeks, like pretty much like every day or every other day, we're kind of messaging about nerdy stuff on Facebook. And, um, and that is, I don't know, that, that's been a big self-care thing for me to just like have even like a few moments between sessions with clients and like see what you guys are saying. Like, oh, did you read this comic book? Or what about, have you heard about this new cool casting thing or whatever? That's been a lot of fun too. And so like, I would just say to people like, Taking time to engage with other people in your common interests is can be a really fulfilling self-care activity, even small stuff as, as simple as just like texting. And so that's been big for me the last few weeks. Yeah, I agree. It's like it makes work even like more awesome because of like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very fun. And yeah, Jeffrey, man, what a good, what a good guy. Um, okay, so that, that wraps up this episode. Um, we are such a big fan of, of doing a podcast with Thomas that we are going to have him on again. Um, hopefully again and again too. It will, I, I think it, um, it's going to be like in a month, month and a half or so. With, we'll see. With our yeah. schedule. We'll see. Um, 
But yeah, thanks for Bump thanks for <laughs> thanks for taking the time and and doing this with us. This was way fun and and yeah, it's very it's, insightful. It's really comment. great doing it yeah. with uh, with another person with different experiences and yeah. and uh, training and all that good stuff. Well, thanks. I I appreciate that. Like I said before, I'm really honored and excited to be the first, and I would love yeah, I'd love to come back. It was a lot of fun. Well, hope that hope that you all enjoyed this. Um, one thing that I was thinking about is if if, uh, if you follow us on Facebook and if you ever have any questions or want to do a specific topic, um, send us a message or post it, and uh, I think yeah, I think we're we're getting to the point we read would love your feedback. Yeah, everybody, and uh, love to cover what's interesting. Cool. All right, everyone. Have a good night. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.